You're listening to the official Lundex podcast with Lundex Chief Marketing Officer, Sam Stratton. This podcast is purely for entertainment purposes and is not to be taken as financial advice. For that, you should always speak to a qualified financial advisor. If you're looking for more information about Lundex, you can check out our website on lundex.io or follow us on Twitter at Lundex. But for now, enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us. My name is Sam Stratton. I am the Chief Marketing Officer for Lundex, and we'd like to welcome you to episode three of the official Lundex podcast. Um, It is the 20th of May, 2022, and today I am joined by a very special guest for the first time on the podcast. Um, There were a couple of hints recently, and we think people may have figured it out, but I am joined by the one and only the Chief Operating Officer of Lundex, Mr. Rick Duke. Rick, how are you, sir? Very well, thank you, Sam. Yeah, I'm excited to be on here. It's good to have you here. I haven't, um, you know, I, lo- I appreciate our chats. I really enjoy them. Um, we often riff for far too many hours, like we've just spent 45 minutes talking about what we're going to talk about. So, yeah, it's good to have you here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, there's always a lot going on and... Um... You know, sometimes it's hard with, with so many people working on, on Lundex, it's hard to sort of get that time, you know, with everyone. And so, yeah, we were well overdue a, a chat for sure. Yeah. So it's good to have you here. What we'll do is um, I'll hand it over to you because, you know, we've gone through a whole bunch of uh, behind the scenes, some Lundex information and how the market is, but I'd, I'd love to to get your voice on on what is happening right now. So I guess firstly, we'll we'll head straight into Lundex if you can give us a little update as to how the week has been and, and where we're traveling right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in, you know, in general, it's kind of as you were, um, for, you know, for the moment, um, we're still in the testing phases of the platform, um, all of the, the contracts, staking, stuff like that. A lot of it's all all done, but we have to keep going back and, and tweaking things. And, um, you know, we, we do find these, these little minor issues with like the, the dashboard, maybe not cooperate, cooperating in the way we want. Um, so it's a lot of back and forth um, with the testing, but overall it's still going well. Um, it, one, one thing that we, we're kind of having to concentrate more on now is just finding a balance between what we're building and what we're testing and what we want Lundex to do and what we want Lundex to be in the future. Because as I've said many, many times before, um, it's such a fluid market. It's such a fast paced world that we're working in. And, you know, you can be guilty sometimes of thinking, okay, well, this, this bit's done, but I think this sector is going to be huge in, in a couple of years so why don't we you know make this <laughs> this gap ready for that and it can be a never-ending kind of process of, of not really ever getting something complete so um, finding that balance of being like okay we're future-proofing the project you know we we know that we're aiming for this to be launched on multiple chains um, and, and all the other kind of utilities that were going to be in Lundex Lite we have to draw the line somewhere, release the product, get the trading live again, get the, 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 the project back up and running to where people want it to be, and then we continue building. So 
so it's been uh, it's been tough, um, but we're still going, and there's no major um, since the kind of last sort of update that I gave uh, on Medium. There's been no major kind of delays or problems that we've we've encountered. Um, we we are looking at um, the, the marketing that we originally planned before the delays. Um, we are still looking at putting all that, that forward, but we've kind of missed some opportunities. So we're just creating more um, opportunities for that and, and just putting more plans in place. So, you know, when we do get the live date, when, when myself or Tim or us can give you that actual live date, then we'll ramp up those plans again and uh, we'll be able to update people on the kind of marketing side as well. Yeah, great. When it comes to obviously something like a release date, I know that's that's something that um, we get that request every time we tweet or we make a post wherever mm -hmm. it may be. Um, the, the, and we spoke about, you know, when you are creating a startup business or any business or any, any just life in general, um, mistakes are fine. They're perfectly fine to make mistakes. The most important aspect of a mistake is being able to learn from it. And the reason why as a team, no one here will say, we're now aiming for this date is because as soon as you put a date out there, um, you're accountable for that date. And there's nothing worse than missing a date now. Um, you know, and this oh, is yeah. the exact reason why if we look at Ethereum with their merge, they have never put out a date. They'll put out a window and they'll say Q3. And, you know, it was supposed to be, if we, we've spoken about this before, it was supposed to be Q3 2021 for Ethereum 2.0. Um, and they're now saying that testnet is going live in the second week of June for Ethereum 2.0 proof of stake. So, you know, when you're yeah. developing this sort of technology, um, I think what crypto has done is it has given the retail investor an opportunity to peek behind the curtain of technology development. And what I mean by that is we're used to you know, when Apple releases a new phone, the first time we hear about the new iPhone is at their September announcement. And then they say a week later, you can go and get it. Um, whereas with crypto, people are able to hear about someone developing a new technology when that technology is still an idea in someone's head. So the perception used to Absolutely. be you've had a press conference and you've announced it, I can go and get it next week. The perception is very much that immediate satisfaction of being able to go and, you know, oh, great, it'll be out in two weeks or three weeks or something like that. When the reality is, you know, technology takes a, lot of time, a long time to build. And while the iPhone 13 came out in September last year, they're probably developing, you know, the 14 comes out in September this year they are already working on the 15 and 16 and 17 years in advance with technology that is not actually scalable right now. Absolutely. And I think it's because of our, our very close interaction with our investors. You know, if you think right back to, to Baby London, um, you, you're getting to sit and see and talk and every day interact with your Tim Cooks, if you like. Mm. Um, which is, you know, it's not something you can do, not even, um, you know, even if you're a major shareholder in Apple, you've got to wait for the, you know, the AGM. Um, it's not, it's, it's very unique in that sense. And we, you know, we try to do everything organically and, and include everyone, build this, this community. 
Um, Ethereum doesn't even have a kind of community like that where it has that direct interaction. And and actually, you know, if if in June Ethereum there's a, there's a new date announced, or wouldn't annoy me. I wouldn't go out after them. I'd just think, well, that's normal. Um, but the fact that we respect our community. Um, we want to engage them all the time is why you get release dates is why we do AMAs and we say, guys, we're, we're working on this. We're literally saying this is what our idea is. This is what we're building or what we're hoping to build. And we're giving that insight. Like you say, they can peek behind the curtain and see what's going on and, and, and hear what our plans are. Whereas, you know, we could just wait until the annual report every year to give out some of this information or um, you know, or one-off events. So, but I think as uh, what we've learned is that as we grow, um, you do have to find a balance with that. You know, I would love to just have an open kind of feed of, of, of my daily meetings and stuff um, to the whole community, but we can't do that because, you know, it's just, it's not realistic and it would actually just cause us, it would be a detrimental um, effect more than anything. So we just want to update people as best we can. We've definitely learned a bit of a lesson with release dates. Um, you know, in, in tech, things don't always go to plan. Um, and we're not and never have been a project that starts off with a $200 million investment from VCs or some, some crazy ICO. And then we can just, you know, whenever there's a problem, just, pay like a million dollars to fix it real quick and hire like you know 100 devs and, and so on you know we still have to build this from the ground up without people taking salaries and you know um it's uh fortunately these things can take time but uh rest assured everyone's still working very hard and as soon as we can give you information we we give it to you i mean we've got a main Amazing mediums now, podcasts, mother suckers, you know, the Twitter's super, super active and the Discord server. It's, it's such a relief to come away from this awful Telegram kind of world with all the scammers and, and stuff on there. So, um, so yeah, as soon as we get stuff that we can, you know, give and we can, we can get people excited, we will. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and just to, I guess, almost add to what you said about what Lundex has never been. Lundex has never been about creating um, false hype in the community. Um, we've always been uh, very level-headed with our plans, our commitments, and those sorts of things. Um, because the reason for that is yep. when you create a community which is based purely on hype, um, it becomes a bit of a drug for people. And I've seen this in projects that I've worked with in the past. And, you know, the community is constantly looking for the next day's news. Okay, that was yesterday's news. So what's today's news? When in reality, software development, as as Tim has made abundantly clear, um, and coding and programming and those sorts of things is probably one of the least hype um, hype filled <laughs> jobs you can you can talk about every single day testing a single line yeah. of code over and over again for hours on end and seeing how it interacts with a smart contract and how it works on testnet and all those sorts of things that's not the sort of thing you're ever going to see in a netflix documentary about the exciting world of crypto no absolutely not 
and I guess I guess you know that's part of trying to build the community in the way we did and the kind of initial hype that that was surrounded you know when all these 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 city coins launched after us um it it, it is like a drug I mean I, I remember I would just go and talk in or start to type in the in the old telegram channel and people would say oh my god duke's duke's typing <laughs> you know and it, and it was like I, I was just saying you know how is everyone today like are you having a good day but but now suddenly um i can't even just interact in that way i have to come in and say you know we've just we've just signed a, a multi-million deal partnership with microsoft or something because people are just it's like this this hit of of, of heroin that just comes whenever there's an ama or and and a lot of the time we're just trying to engage and be you know um transparent and, and just let people know what's going on and like you say it might be that one week um we've been working on boring code for a week and there's not much to report um but you know and it's very boring but people don't want that and actually it reminds me about the guardian ai um something that was put way down our, our roadmap initially um you know we certainly didn't plan for that to be kind of released you know anytime soon when we first talked about it and certainly as a rollout as a product of, of that london can give you know back to the crypto world um it was way way far away and obviously some events happened and you know we ended up having to kind of take the first kind of beta version of it if you like um or the, the manual version of it and and use it um um but then it became in itself like you know it was like we gave we gave them something that wasn't planned and that that in itself became a drug and then it's like well we want more of that we want more of that like when is that going to be ready when's the the full ai going to be ready and 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 then if you say to them well that's not even we can't even give you a release date on that yet because it was way way down the line and we just brought it forward um it's like a massive disappointment it's a crazy disappointment it's like i can't believe this <laughs> but what they don't realize is that we're we're actually doing our best to give stuff that wasn't planned to, to sort of feed this this drug you know um and it even goes down to sort of on the marketing side uh sometimes it's so cr incredibly frustrating because we're desperate to get every everyone excited we're desperate to to let people know that, that lots of stuff's going on but in a world of contract and you know agents and all this stuff especially with the brand ambassadors you know we can have conversations we can have initial conversations that can be four or five balls long uh you know lasting a few weeks and then it turns out that you know it doesn't materialize or it gets put on hold and i remember um a premier league footballer that we were hoping to sign i mean we thought we were literally 24 hours away from signing them um you know our first team player and everything was looking good they were happy with terms and stuff and then this player went off to play in the african cup of nations wasn't available for boring contract talks and stuff like that and then by the end of that um you know the, the other i maybe I, I'm, I'm assuming maybe other opportunities you know presented themselves and or they just weren't interested anymore but where we made a mistake is having to fuel this this addiction 
for people is we were transparent and we said, guys, we're we're closing a Premier League footballer, you know, any day now. Um, and then what should be, you know, a really exciting thing turned into a kind of fudding, you know, like, oh, when's this happening? Was that was that a load of a load of BS? And uh, yeah, it's 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 very difficult. It's very unlike any other business um, in the world, really. So, you know, we just do our best as always. Yeah, it's um, yeah, I I, I remember the the conversations that we had in the Telegram at the time, and the community would engage in you know, the, the, the guessing game as to who it would be and, and going through looking at different player rosters. And I, re, I remember exactly all those conversations that people had. And, you know, it's it's great to look for, for something in a project to, to reinforce your beliefs in it. Um, but what I've always stood by is, you know, the, the community is one thing, the, the hype is another thing as well. But what you really need to look for when you're talking about long-term investments is the fundamentals of a project, the people behind it, the people who are building, the fundamentals of the project, making sure you understand them and seeing if they have a long-term use case. How can they be deployed not only on, on their own platform, but you know, with Lundex, with our with Guardian AI in particular, and you know, the other things that are being worked on. Um, those sorts of things can they be adopted in a much larger scale across the crypto platform, across the crypto um, net, you know, everything. Um, mm. And, and they're, they're the things that you should look for. Um, we always talk about, you know, the, tying it back to the Ethereum rewards that we have and new pa passive income and those sorts of things. None, the whole point of passive income is money while you sleep. Um, or just having a secondary income stream coming in. But it was it was madness to me that, you know, people wanted this passive income, but would then spend their day looking at one minute charts and obsessing over the investment that they have. When you are when you are spending, you know, ten plus hours a day, sometimes more for many people, looking at charts all day, getting this anxiety all over what is supposed to be secondary income and passive income and those sorts of things. Um, it's, it's a hideous, hideous death spiral, um, from a oh, mental health awful. point of view. And, you know, when I remember when I first started trading, um, it was, you know, uh, late 2020, I think it was whenever it was, I st it was the start of that bull run, that mini bull run. And I remember sitting yeah. there thinking, I'm a trader now I've got to look at one minute charts all day. And, I, I had like three monitors set up and charts on all three of them and notifications and all kinds of things going on. And I was sleeping maybe three or four hours a day and I lost more money in the opening three months of trading than I have in the last, you know, 12 to 18 months of trading. And I haven't, I, I don't buy stuff anymore. I don't sell stuff because I have my positions. I've invested in projects that I'm comfortable with. And I check in with those projects from time to time. I obviously know the inner workings of Lundex right now, but you know you should always familiarize yourself with every investment that you have. Perfect example, you know, to to maybe segue out of Lundex and into something else, um, is uh, Terra and Luna. Um, I've got many friends who were were absolutely lifelong wedded to that project. 
they thought Do Kwon was the savior. He was going to take them to the moon, so to speak. Um, and how when you fall in love with a project and you acknowledge all the fundamentals and warning signs that may have been placed in front of you, um, you you end up holding a bag. And, you know, if, if we can talk about Luna for a moment, I don't want to go on to it in too much detail because, you know, we could talk sure. about it for hours and we'll watch the Netflix documentary later on. Um, yeah. There were two kinds of people when the Luna crash happened and the UST crash happened. There were the people who said, I told you so. And there were the people that said, this will correct, this will fix. And there were, there were, there were no people and it stands to the tribalism of crypto as well, where you're either for something or against something, you can't be indifferent. Um, the fact that people either wanted this to go to zero or it was just going to repeg and fix itself. Um, you know, there was, there was no middle ground there. And I think that's, that uh, says a lot about the industry right now. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the sentiment was really hijacked as well. You know, it suddenly presented an opportunity for basically anyone to to push their opinions out or, or what they had been, you know, like the, you had the I told you so people, you had uh, these, these kind of people that already disliked Do Kwon. Um, he was quite a, a controversial character even before this incident happened. Um, and then you've got all kinds of people wading in. You know, you've got like governments, you know, U U.S., fed and, and stuff you know having their opinion on the whole thing and it just seemed like the perfect storm for everyone to just come in and sort of kick off uh, based on their their views and i i tried to just look at it kind of objectively and, and not get too caught up in you know he said she said i i saw some um i saw a, a bankruptcy winding up document um from South Korea, and it was, I think it was dated, uh, um, you know the one I mean, right, Sam? Mm, I think it was yeah. like a few days before it happened. Yeah. Um, and when I looked at, this was on Twitter, someone someone put this this image on Twitter, and uh, um, they, a few people on, on the thread confirmed the translation and said, yeah, this is a, a bankruptcy or, or winding up of a company. But the, the thread was incredible because it was people sort of saying, well, I know this is completely normal. If you move from South Korea to Singapore, um, it's very normal for you to wind up any any uh, any things you've got going on in the country if you're, if you're moving away. Other people saying no, this is uh, this guy's a, an X Y Z, and uh, you know this is he he knows this is this is what's going to happen, and and even in just it's like these micro kind of. Uh, debates going on on every little piece of this whole crisis, um, and everyone thinks that their opinion is is gospel. And yeah, it was a really, really crazy. Uh, I, you know, I hope I don't see something like that happen again. But algorithmic stable coins, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it was really it was phenomenal. Pegging, uh, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't, but at the time, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Um, but you know, what do you think? Is this, is this a sign of, of more things to come? Or, I mean, you know, I know that Justin Sun was pretty confident that his, that his projects wouldn't suffer the same fate. And then there was, you know, 
a load of other people saying it's only a matter of time. So, I think my where do you my my thoughts on stable coins are they're, they're stable until they're not. Um, yeah, you know what I you know what I mean. Like they, they all, exactly they, yeah exactly they all hold a one dollar peg until they don't, and then when they don't, um, the 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 la the the loss of trust and confidence um can obviously lead to like in, insane drops as we saw with ust um i think the the ust scenario was a combination of um someone who had obviously done really really well um and made it very public that he thought he had done very very well um, started making ridiculous ego-driven bets with you know members of the community, like betting against I think it was Kaleo, um, the yep. the twenty million dollar bet. Um, you know when you see those sorts of things, and 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 I, I see those on on Twitter, and I just think this is not what this space is about. The, uh, this space has become a bunch of people who have made millions of dollars, if not billions swinging their penises around saying that they own more apes they have more billions they own more pieces of digital land than other people um which is is super disappointing because you know when you speak to people like well, not that we speak to them but when you listen to people like cz and vitalik buterin um i'm so glad that those guys are really vocal about what's going on with luna right now and how they prioritize that if there is going to be some sort of um, remuneration that it goes to the bottom holders. It doesn't go to the top holders. The top holders, you get an apology and and uh, you know you'll be fine. Um, but you need to make sure that the people who did lose large chunks or overinvested due to a lack of education or some sort of gambling habit or something like that, for those guys to say the priority is to look after the low income people or the low in the low holders of these coins. Um, that was a breath of fresh air to me. It really was. Yeah, ab absolutely. I've been really impressed with the kind of um, the time that CZ has taken um, to talk about this. He's been very, you know, active on on Twitter, and uh, I think it's great. Um, but you're right, though. I mean, I totally agree on that. And and the thing is, it also comes down to like kind of unrealistic. Um, staking rewards and, and stuff like this. I mean, generally what you'll find is the people that are probably over-risking, they're probably the ones that are maybe so desperate to get rich. Um, they're the ones that are likely to go for these kind of crazy, you know, APYs and stuff. They're, they're, they're more likely to put everything they've got into stuff like that. Whereas the top holders, I mean, Luna might have been just a bag they had and i know some people lost you know millions um but generally you know they're probably a little bit wiser or, or they're way more diversified and there was far too many people that just had their all of their entire portfolio kind of wrapped up um in this ecosystem you know getting unrealistic um interest and stuff and uh and they're the ones that are probably you know, we'll see what happens with this this vote and stuff, and how they go forward. But they're probably the ones that are going to get left holding a bag of worthless coins. You know, so um, yeah, I totally agree with them on that. 
and it is refreshing to see. Yeah. I mean, actually, Sam, there was there was people. I mean, it was like I say, going back to kind of like the chaos when it was happening. I mean, there was people sort of saying that this was like reminiscence of, of the Lehman Brothers collapse, and you know, it was like Armageddon. Um, it was just seeing this kind of stampede of people, you know, trying to get out, and then and then this, you know, the perpetual markets were going crazy. I've never seen so many shorts going on. And, and then there was the speculators that were coming in and buying, you know, thinking that it was going to be recovered. And I'm sure Du Quan, you know, could have could have handled that situation better um, at the time. But yeah, it was really really crazy. And at the end of the day, you know, a lot of people have lost a lot of money, and there's been some some even more serious, um, you know, consequences because of that. And it's terribly sad to see and. I just hope a lot of our guys and our investors didn't get too badly caught up in that. Yeah, the, the, I guess I mean, the good news is looking at our Discord, it doesn't appear as though too many of our investors were involved in it. Um, and you indirectly, know, I mean, we're all we're indirectly yeah. we're all involved. Yeah, because it affected the of entire course, market. Yeah. Um, I know people have said that. The reason for the market at the moment is because of Luna and UST. The reality is the market has been in downtrend probably since I would say February. Some people say, you know, January, February. There has been a bear market um, since then. So, you know, we've had our little relief rallies along the way and slight pumps and those sorts of things. But um, UST and Luna were not the catalyst for the market. The market has been in downtrend for a while now. I, I I genuinely thought, and you know, I spoke to Tim about it on Mother Suckers last week. Um, I thought this was the capitulation event. The what I'm most impressed by is last week was dark for crypto, but this week yeah. it seems to be. You know, people are still talking about Luna and UST and those sorts of things. That the conversation has shifted to regulation of stable coins. But the market seems to have sort of settled itself out. And Tim and I spoke about, you know, BNB today has rallied really well after this. Looking at BNB sitting at about $315 right now. Um, I feel as though the market may have calmed itself down a little bit. Um, yeah. You know, I'm hopeful that that is the case. Um, I don't watch low caps and launches or anything like that and i'm sure they're happening on a daily basis but from what i've seen from guys that i know that do play in in those dgen market spaces they're saying that you're no longer seeing people aping into projects and writing them um so maybe it was the reality check that the market the retail market needed to have or even just the market in general like institutional money because let's not forget you know a lot of people think that these were institutional investors screwing over the retail, the little guy. Uh, the reality of it is that, you know, there are a lot of institutional buyers who buy on the way up, get their trades wrong and lose money as well. Um, so it's, it's not just a simple case of the big guy versus the little guy. Um, you know, and no, um, yeah, sorry. The, I mean, I, you know, I, I, come from a trading background to some degree and um you know the, these guys are not just sitting there every day thinking how can we screw over the little guy <laughs> yeah, their, their objective is to make as much money yes. as possible 
and opportunities will always arise and present themselves. And generally, the little guy provides liquidity for it. Um, and and any kind of play that you'll see, um, you know, it will require the little guy because there's so many of them, and especially as retail uh, trading in general has blown up in the last 10 years. They're, they're, they're just there to, to provide liquidity. They're somewhat predictable as a group. Um, but generally, you know, they're, they're, this, this play came about because the opportunity presented itself and that's it it wasn't like a thing to say yeah we're gonna we're gonna wreck crypto people because we hate them um you know crypto a lot of people saying it was the, the u.s government behind it and they're gonna go after all these stables now and use this as a you know the case to do that uh crypto's here to stay that's one thing for sure um and these guys are just here to make money like a lot of other people are um and you know sometimes they've got incredible resources to do that and, and to create the plays that they make so yeah i think i agree with you sam i think it's it's actually a good thing to some degree i mean i've been saying for a long time that some form of of regulation is good for crypto it's needed um i mean what lundex have been trying to do from day one you could say is because of these kind of horrible events that happen and, and you know we we want to almost people to self-regulate crypto so that these governments and entities whoever it may be don't come in and put unfair regulation on it um you know and it's uh you can get into this whole debate about you know centralization decentralization all that but uh, yeah, I think to some degree, it's a great wake up call. I think it certainly sharpened the mind of a few people that maybe were over risking or, or in were in projects that, you know, were maybe uh, seemed a bit too good to be true. Um, and uh, I have, I'm absolutely not worried. I mean, it was a crisis. Like you say, it was already um, part of a declining market. Um, I, I'm very like, eager for the market to bottom out it could be here we might retest those lows again uh, maybe one more time maybe a little fake out to the downside uh, it works it's worked very well in the past uh, on past crashes that i've that i've seen and experienced um but you know i fully expect everything especially bitcoin to to go pumping back up where everyone wants it to be yeah i think on the on the retail side of things when it comes to to sentiment you know um a lot of people will like to think that you know dips happen in hours and you may see you know a, a piece of fud drop whether it be china banning bitcoin or or the fed increasing interest rates and you see a five percent drop in bitcoin and then the alts go ten percent people go i'm buying this dip because they think in a couple of hours time the dip will be eaten up it'll be it will move on. Um, so people have been looking very much at the micro position. I think when it comes to the overall market and your long-term investment position should always be looking at the macro. And there are so many yeah. macro events happening around the world right now that if I would be, it would actually be a red flag for me if crypto was going up in the face of all the adversity coming from the macro markets 
you know, we we haven't spoken about it yet, but you know, the news this week of 100 Wall Street traders having their phones um, seized by the SEC, that is going to uncover a lot of nefarious business that has been traveling around Wall Street, and that will affect the markets. You know, we we talk about you know, we we've been consumed with the war in Ukraine and the price of oil globally. Yep. And I read an article today that said that, you know, the, the, the Fed is, is going to report that inflation is lower. However, there are <laughs> wow. organizations out there that are saying that inflation in the US is actually around 12% and they're fudging their figures. Um, there is just, yeah. I, I, I don't it's, want, I wouldn't want people to think that we, we tap 25, Luna dies, we lose Luna. And we go back up and we're going up to forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars and beyond. That's not how markets work. Um, you have shakeouts like this, you have your fake outs as well. Uh, what I honestly think is gonna happen is we're going to trend somewhere between twenty eight and thirty one thousand for you know, it could be a matter of weeks, it could be a matter of months. But the macro situation needs to change before we are going to see three trillion dollars and beyond back in the crypto markets and everyone yeah. you know euphoric with how things are going I the, yeah the, you, you're right you, I, and i alluded to it in in a previous newsletter you know we have to start taking um taking notice of what's happening you know on a macro level and the fact that the, the bitcoin and the crypto market seems to be incredibly correlated to the nasdaq at the moment um, is is a, is a sign that you know there's there's a bigger picture here. Um, you, like you, you know, I won't go over the points you mentioned about the war and all this stuff, but there's there's always going to be fundamental pressures. This is not just going to be like okay, as much as I would love it, that someone draws the resistant line, you know, on 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 the low of Bitcoin, and they say, well, as soon as we hit that, we're going to bounce and we're going to go to 100k. You know, it doesn't work like that because because it's so big now. And it's such a, um, it's something that's that's so affected by what what traditional markets are affected by, um, and you know we have to make sure that 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 sort of um, part of of finance is is stable before we can go to like you say if it did go crazy with all this stuff going on that would be a red flag. Yes, I'd be thinking, hang on a minute, this is a this is one hell of a pump and dump. <laughs> you know, yeah, and, so, and and a crypto pump yeah. and dump. On the on the entire market has existed in the past. We've seen it. Yes, uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, and you know it will become harder to do in future. But right now, I mean, I remember the days when a millionaire could come in, and that was like a big. You know, they they could move the market. They could move the price of Bitcoin. Uh, now you have to be the richest man in the world to do it, the richest person in the world. But you can still do it, and sooner or later it will become a point where you'll need to be a government. You'll need to be a country, a state to do that. Yep. And, and, then and by that go, point in time, to... you will have so much regulation that markets won't, I mean, hopefully, the markets will have safeguards in place so countries don't have the ability to say, I'm dropping 500,000 Bitcoin on the market today to cause a crash. Exactly. Yeah. And, and you know, I always bang on about adoption and stuff. And, um, you know, we're still, where are we? What trillion dollar market cap? I mean, 
there's still so much money to come into to crypto and kind of level the playing field a bit. And, you know, along with regulation, as we said, I mean, where, where's gold? I think gold's roughly about 10, 10 trillion. Yeah, uh, I, I was, cap. I was just about to bring that up. Yeah, I think it's about $12 trillion, give or t- whatever it yeah. is. The, the gold alone has 10 times the market cap of the crypto space. And yeah, and the utility and of gold, to... there is no utility in gold other than, I mean, you've got your manufacturing and those sorts of things, but when people are buying gold on the stock market, you're not having bullion delivered to your, to your house. You are being, you are yeah. being, you are buying the promise of gold. Yeah. And the cost, I mean, even if that, if that was the way the world worked, the cost of moving gold, you know, uh, uh, people that have brought up like the energy implications of Bitcoin. I mean, can you imagine that? Can you imagine actually having to move gold around? But I think really with gold in particular, it's of all the, the kind of the least likely things to happen. There's one that's probably up there, possibly like if the world returned to a gold standard, um, you would see that the price of gold rise, you know, five, 10 X, maybe more. Um, but unless that happens and that requires pretty much, you know, every country in the world to agree to it. Yep. Um, and there's obviously implications with, with the amount of gold that Russia and China are holding as well. Um, some people won't like that. So it's, it's possible, but incredibly unlikely. And people, people will still use it as a store of value when things are rocky, when the, you know, when there's, there's high waves that you'll still see inflow into gold, but eventually, you know, as those those kind of philosophies change, I think you'll see a lot of that ten trillion start to come into Bitcoin. And then where does it go? You know, the next target would be government bonds, which are probably somewhere around a hundred, hundred and twenty, maybe more trillion dollars um, of of money flow. You know, do people then start looking and saying, okay, well now we know Bitcoin is, you know, legitimate. It's not going anywhere. It's probably super stabled out. Um, even at a trillion dollars, it's still volatile. Um, at ten trillion dollars, it's looking way more attractive. Do we start to see inflow of of government bonds uh, coming this way? And then we're looking at like twenty, thirty, forty, fifty trillion dollar crypto market. Uh, and that's really obviously, you know, for the future. It's not coming next week. Um, it's going to be years for that. But but ultimately. Um, you know, people just have to ride the waves until these things. And sometimes the waves are very, very big. And some people, malicious or, or not, can move the market and cause all kinds of, of chaos. Um, but eventually that will become less and less. And, um, you know, everyone needs to zoom out of those one minute charts um, and just sit back and say, why am I investing? You know, why, why did I invest in London? For example, did I invest in it because uh, they're going to do a 20x next week when Duke comes in the chat and says they've signed, you know, Madonna or whatever? Or did I invest in it because I can see that there's a team of people that have been working a very long time, working very hard on building something useful, something that people are going to use is going to become hopefully a household name. You know, it's you, you need to just decide what it the reasons of for your investments and then kind of you know stick to them yeah. go for a walk in the park and man- you know? manage your risk accordingly as well 
is is one of the most important things we oh, always, yeah. we always talk about yeah. risk um and and you know there's the 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 days of you know you used to hear stories in crypto of i put five hundred dollars into something and now i've got ten million dollars the odds of that happening now in crypto uh you're almost talking like the lottery these days probably not as bad as those odds but you need to be either seriously connected or know the right people or know how to play the game in low caps to get those sorts of returns. What the crypto market does allow people to do, it brings them closer than ever to being able to invest in emerging technologies before the big players do. So imagine having the ability to to beat Wall Street to a, a future large cap that could be listed on, you know, the S and P five hundred or something like that. There, there are there are projects that exist within crypto right now that will be an S and P five hundred in the future. They just will. Um, and we're never going to have you know. I've I remember listening to this amazing interview with CZ a while ago, and he was being interviewed at whatever conference it was, and the the words that stuck with me was he said that crypto is not here to end traditional financial markets. We don't see the traditional financial markets as a threat. What he believes is that crypto and the traditional financial markets will one day just merge together and things like Bitcoin will be digital gold and you will have companies that are crypto based companies and you will be trading cryptocurrencies like you would be trading Forex. And those sorts of things, and, and they just become one and the same. I think what mainstream yeah. people struggle with is they assume that everything that you can trade in crypto is trying to be a currency, like you know, accept payments in this or accept payments in that. The reality is that the vast majority of of you know um, credible projects that are now being built are actually technologies or utilities, or those sorts of things. Um, I don't think anyone now is launching a project and saying, we're replacing the dollar, or you're going to be able to buy this in this. The only ones right now that I, I think that people are talking about with payments, you know, XRP, for example, um, and, you know, Doge are probably the ones that I think of. Um, but even Doge from a, you know, a mainstream credibility point of view, do we really think that the rest of the world is going to say, actually, I love the idea of paying for something with a meme coin of a dog that started as a joke? Um, From from within the space, people like to think that's going to happen. uh, And we, we get in our own little echo chamber. And, you know, that's what communities do, right? you all rally together and say that, you know, Elon's going to put a Dogecoin on the moon. Um, he's doing that as a stunt because he's got so much money that he's going to the moon anyway. It would be fun to put a Dogecoin on the moon. It doesn't mean that the world is going to trade with it. Um, so, you know, there's got to be some level of, I, I guess, reality in our thoughts when it comes to the crypto markets and where they're going to go long term because, as people that are already in the market, we're going to have people come to us and say, what's this crypto about? Or what's this about? Or what's that about? 
And when we start talking about Dogecoin, for example, and explain its background, people go, well, that's dumb. Or, you know, mutant apes or bored apes, all those sorts of things. With NFTs, we have to understand that, you know, as the gatekeepers of crypto, the people who are here early, we have a responsibility to make sure that it is being explained to people who don't yet understand it in a reliable and responsible fashion. I'm losing my voice, by the way. I'm really struggling with this tonight. Have you got a drink there? I do. Um, but I no, do. no, you, I, I absolutely agree. And I mean, there, there are some projects that, that wanted, you know, their, their crypto to replace currency. Um, we're seeing a lot less of that stuff now. There's absolutely no way that traditional equity mar- markets are going are gonna to disappear because of crypto. And, C- and, and CZ is exactly right. You know, it's something that's, it's technological innovation. And there are some parts of our world, um, the monetary system, especially in currency, that need to be innovated. Um, and that's why I think that crypto will, will succeed because it's, it's really pushing the boundaries and it's needed. It's needed for the world for many, many reasons. But there will always be equity markets. You know, it's not just going to come along and just replace everything. It's going to take a share of it and it's going to work with it and, and merge into it and be part of it. And it's going to be a significant part of it. Um, and I hear the kind of naysayers and stuff. I think it's just like they read or they heard a story about someone bought drugs with Bitcoin or, you know, someone lost a load of money to a scammer. And 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 there's there's always going to be this kind of stigma. It's going to be for, for, for years and years until there's more and more um institutional adoption and stuff but um you know people will just just argue any point against why it's bad but it's as if it's here to destroy as if it's here to like come along and and overthrow governments and and make drug dealers that you know run the world and all this crazy stuff i mean even i was on a flight to go and meet one of our dev teams um in poland and uh this sat next to a guy and they just got polite, you know, small talk. And he said, um, I, I told him that I work in crypto and straight away onto Bitcoin. And he was like, anti. he was like, it's terrible for the environment. Um, all, all, all this Bitcoin business, he said, it, it's, it's really awful and that the people need to just stick with the fiat system and all this. And I thought, well, this is a classic example of someone devolved in their kind of thinking about technological advancements. Um, you know, Bitcoin, yes, it uses energy, but so does the flight that we're on, you know. Um, right. And it, it, the, the flight we're on is necessary. We, we, it's necessary for us to go to make this journey. I'm not going to go and get in a canoe and then walk the rest of the way uh, just to be green, just because, like, flying is bad for the environment. And Bitcoin, it's a similar kind of thing. You know, yes, it does use energy, but it's absolutely vital that it does. Uh, we need it. You know, the world needs it just as they need aeroplanes. Um, and it's about advancements in technology in making that energy consumption efficient. And we do that as, as a human race. We do that every single year. And we have done. Um, we're always finding ways to become more efficient and and use resources wisely and we'll continue to do it and bitcoin will be a part of that and there's many people that could even argue that you know running uh 
you know, running the blockchain, uh, the energy that is needed. Um, actually, it, it comes from many other means, not the traditional energy markets that people need to put gas in their homes and heat their homes and all these things. So, um, again, it will actually drive innovation, not just in finance, but it will drive innovation in the energy market. And that's what we what we need for efficiency. So, um, yeah, there's, there's 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 people that I guess are just like, like I say, devolved in their thinking about where does crypto sit in the world? You know, how does it um, work with the current financial markets and stuff we've got? And there's people that just basically have around educated and they just don't know what they're talking about. And they just read some story that Bitcoin's bad. And they want to like spout about it, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's I'm sure it's a debate that will be raging on for many years to come. Many, many years, I think. You, yeah. I have to say your your segues were brilliant tonight as well. You were able to uh, uh, pivot from one to the other and cover everything in your medium <laughs> article. You want to do this? You're podcast very polite. Yeah. You could do it. You can do this for yeah. now. <laughs> I tend to. Uh, I mean, you're very polite. Your segues. I mean, I think I tend to go off on a tangent a lot. But uh, um, anyone that's listened to one of our AMAs is probably well used to that. By I'm now. well aware of tangents. <laughs> I live in tangents every single day. Um, I think that's probably going to, uh, unless you have anything else to add, um, do you feel as though we've covered No, anything? really, just, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just it's great to, like, have, have a chat like this and um, just to go back, to, I guess, to the Lundex side of things, you know, um, we will be updating people on important information as soon as we get it. Just uh, sit tight, try not to get too caught up in the craziness of the markets at the moment. And um, yeah, we'll be back in touch when we've got some more some more news for everyone. Appreciate your um, your time and all your efforts, Dan. Thank with you, Mother Suckers and the it's, podcast. It's um, it's great to have you on the show. Um, I did t say to Tim, I was I was very excited about us having a, a catch up today. You are more than welcome to join the podcast any week you like. Um, thank you. Thank you. Um, so yeah, in relation to that, we'll be posting the, I'm going to bed right now because it's late here in Sydney. Um, but I will be posting this one up. If people do like this, would really appreciate getting some reviews and some feedback. We will be posting it on all the usual platforms over this weekend, probably in the morning when I wake up. Um, Rick, thank you again for joining us, myself. You're welcome. And Take care. Thank you. And to everyone else out there, have a fantastic weekend and we'll talk to you next week. You have been listening to the official Lundex podcast with me, Sam Stratton. If you enjoyed what you heard, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. We really appreciate your feedback. We'll be back next week with more info about Lundex and the crypto markets. So until next time, trade safe, trade smart, trade Lundex.